0: DJ and PK, time to welcome in the TV voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Jack Bowler's weekly interview presented by University of Utah Health, trusted health care provider for the Utah Jazz family, and yours, Bowler, good morning.
1: Hello. Hello, DJ, PK. Hello. Hey, can you do me a favor? Can you lift me up and just say, sing, learn to fly? Something like that, man. <laughs>
0: Go ahead, DJ. No, singing is your role, man. We Come got on, like man. two drops you're, of me singing and a hundred of you singing. You're
1: Tom Petty, man. As far as I'm concerned, oh, uh, there's a million songs I could sing, and probably several
2: by uh, uh, Tom Petty. One of his yeah. favorite, one of my favorite tunes of his, "Need to Know," and Craig Bolajack, "I Need to Know." What's the problem?
0: Uh, that's weird. I was going to go with "Free Fallen, but that would have been free kind of a downer. Yeah, that's,
1: yeah. A, that's a downer. But yeah, I. You know what, PK? I wish you had all the answers. I, I really thought, you know, after the Brooklyn game and what Donovan said in the locker room, you know, was uh, very uh, poignant and direct for you know a uh, 24-year-old young leader of the franchise. You know, we got to decide, you know, who are we? And I still, don't, I don't think, obviously, they still know. You know, after last night for a half, I thought they they knew. Uh, boy, they played well. The bench came. And uh, Clarkson and Joe uh, really, really sparked uh, the jazz in the second quarter. Um, You know, you you lead by 18, you have a 12-point lead at the half. And then the second quarter, I don't know what happened at halftime. I mean, it was like, you know, Tom Thibodeau, you know, got the attention of this young New York team with a couple of guys they have a lot of hope for and, and Randall and and Barrett and Peyton, um, and they just took it off. I mean, I, when you look at you know the scoreboard, my scorecard, Mitchell and Boyan and Clarkson, all three did not score in the third quarter, and they just got whipped. And then you start playing uphill again, and you lose all the confidence that you had built, and you're back to kind of square one again. I mean, Clarkson kind of reignited in the fourth quarter, but... Uh, you know, you lost by 12 uh, back-to-back losses in, in in New York. So, again, you could tell uh, Quinn took a long time in the locker room to come out last night, and obviously they've got to work through some. I don't know if it's, it's not shooting. I, I really believe the shots are there. It's just the intensity they play the game with and cons- the, the intensity and the consistency that you have to have in this league, PK and DJ. And I think there's just these lapses that absolutely paralyze the Jazz. And then it, they look up and they have to play again from behind. And that's that's really what has been the biggest thing that I've seen.
0: So the thing I've been beating into the ground, and PK's probably sick of it, is the turnovers, especially oh, the yeah. turnovers that are happening two steps across midcourt. The number of different players who are losing the ball while dribbling 35 or 40 feet from the hoop, and it's just it's just one on one. It's very routine. There's there's no X's and O's. There's no trick to it, and and they're just losing the ball, and it's a layup or dunk going the other way. It's uh it's blowing my mind.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. You had seven between uh, the two guards last night, and uh, Donovan and Conley, and then Joe had four you know it it's uh, it's it is strange isn't it when you you can almost see it it's telegraphed and they come across and make i don't think you know i've always been told and you go back to basic basketball the old two chest pass and if you're going to pass the ball you make sure you put you know that you get it there and it doesn't you know kind of find itself lost in space so to speak and those are just you know concentration plays that are costly because you you said it, um, you know, you give it up at half court or after the first couple of bounces as you try to get in the mid, you know, to to, to the uh, front court and you pass it off, the guy picks it off and just run it to the rim, easy baskets. And there was too many of those last night as well. But, yeah, turnovers would be the other part of this uh, is the consistency. Now you go focus, concentration, and those sound simple. I don't know if it's fatigue. I don't know if it's uh, the mind games of what the world is today. Don't know. Just don't know. But it's got to be fixed or you're going to have a rough rough go.
2: So we as fans, we get caught up. And DJ likes to talk about how we ride the roller coaster. And I can't argue Mm -hmm. with him, even though I love to argue. But obviously he's right. And you, maybe not this year, but you've been around the players for so many years and the coaches and all that. How much did they get caught up in a roller coaster?
1: That's a great question, PK. I, I tell you, they they always speak the speak or the player. You know, you always say coach speak, player speak. Look, there's always that. I think built-in mechanism of look, we're good. Uh, what was Ricky Rubio? Never too high, never too low. And I, you know, I think to keep your sanity to some to, to some degree, PK, you have to take on that mentality. But at the same time, you know, when game time comes. I think all fans always believe that you've got to be focused. And, you know, you get into this pace-scale discussion of how can they not be. But you know what? Still, the human factor plays a factor, right? Uh, yesterday's events, I don't know how it impacted uh, some some teams before we went on the air last night. I was reading that some that were considering not to play, some decided to play, some showed solidarity, you know. Uh, in a circle last night. I mean, there's a lot of issues going on, and I'm not sure how much that impacts. But um, I think it's still part of the discussion, even today. I mean, the COVID, the BLM, last night's uh, or yesterday's, you know, situation at the Capitol. Uh, I mean, the world is in a crazy place. And basketball. I was sitting there last night thinking, okay, I've got to find my mood too uh, to try to do this. And I think it impacts, PK. I really do. I think some of the things going on impacts, but fans don't want those excuses. I think that's the point is that it still is that getaway entertainment escape from what we're dealing with. And then when you see your team, the roller coaster that we all all ride, heck, man, the Chiefs up and down, well, most of the, you know, that's my team, as you guys know, and you know, it's 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 something you you hope every time they hit the field or the floor they're gonna win. If that's your team and you do ride the highs and lows. And sometimes you forget that the players ride highs and lows too. And I think that's just where we are in society right now. No excuses but I, I think these guys are having some problems focusing and you hope you hope they find a way. You hope they do.
0: So we've had some uh, some of our listeners point out, hey, uh, Miami, Portland, Denver, Utah, I'm leaving somebody out, uh, all, uh, Toronto, all underachieving right now, all teams right. that have been to a conference final or an NBA final in the last two years. And you know, The Jazz aren't in that club, uh, but nonetheless they've been a playoff team. And that these teams are underachieving. Is there something about the short offseason, lack of a training cl- camp, what's going on in the world? Why it, it, the NBA is not perfectly predictable, but it's ballpark predictable. We know who's great, we know who's right. good, we know who's average, and there's a couple surprises. But to have five teams underperforming like this, that's weird.
1: Yeah, and then you got some other teams overperforming. I mean, look what you know New York's done. They've won you know, five of their last six and three in a row, and Tom Thibodeau's a rookie coach. Uh, you know, look what like Brooklyn's done with Steve Nash. I mean, you expect with the talent level they have. But still without Durant, is my point, is that they play on. That's the depth uh, that they show. The Jazz are 500 ball club, four and four. And, you know, Donovan said last night that there's a they get off to a slower start. Fans know that. But I think, again, D.J., when you come talking about the Jazz specifically, there is no really transition for them this year. The only change was Derek Favors, per se, uh, and a couple of draft picks and a free agent, Um, and Shaq Harrison. Bottom line is the reason why I think Dennis and the Jazz kind of stayed this way was really they had to sign two of their cornerstone players, right, and they got phased back and, and signed Jordan Clarkson. Um, the point is that they felt comfortable that that transition you speak of wasn't going to be at a high level. They know, they know each other. The, the whole system is in place. And maybe that's why the surprise of, of the way the Jazz are playing because, look, Joe knows favors. Joe knows Rudy. Mike Conley's adjusted now from his time in Memphis and so there was no plan for any type of slow start out of the gate. They, I think that I think a lot of people felt like the Jazz would be ahead of the game because they knew they knew each other. Look, they're four and four. They're not one and you know one and seven, but still, I think what we we've watched is the surprise of the turnovers and the inability to be as consistent uh, as Donovan has keeps saying. We got to find out who we are. And be that, and you know, I think that's those are surprising comments from a team that really should know each other because they kind of they hang their hat on being tight, close locker room, uh, good you know, good friends, and that that does make you kind of scratch your head wondering why they haven't uh, uh, they haven't found that that consistency that we're all you know waiting to see.
2: So you talk about that good friendship. We were discussing this in the prior time. It's uh, Sometimes you need some guys to take the lead and have tough conversations. Is Donovan Mitchell at that point where you think he can do that?
1: Well, I know he's. That's another great observation, PK. Look, he's a friendly guy. He's a motivator. He's a, he, he'll pat you on your on your butt, your head, whatever you need to just uh, you know get you over the hump. But, you know, you bring up a good point. Who's the nasty? Uh, who's a guy that can really close the door and, and and sit down and say, hey, this isn't the way it should be? You know, I, that's that's something uh, that this team is tight, and that may be one of the, the lacking features is having the bad guy who can step it up. Maybe is that Coach Q's, um, you know, role? Most likely. The, the door was shut for a long time last night, and, of course, the coach. Uh, is a guy that has to talk the talk. Um, I think you have a leader in Donovan, but at the same time, you know, how nasty does it have to get sometimes where you have to, you know, call a player out or tell it the way it is? And, PK, you know, I'm not behind those doors. Uh, I wish I could be sometimes, but that's that private area that very few ever get to reach. And, uh, you know, my, my comments are really just what I see uh, when we when we when we did travel or when I got a chance to talk to guys and you really get to know them better on the road and that's just not happening right now
0: both the statues could do it couldn't they it's not uh, bad yeah. to have more than one guy both those guys yeah. could chew on a teammate when necessary
1: absolutely and you know that was something that was uh you know part of it one did it in a different way than the other oh yeah, uh, yeah. and that was um uh, that's why there's two that's why there's two statues out there because they don't they both played the game and approached it totally different but achieved you know such greatness individual greatness and you know the team titles did not come into two incredible runs against Chicago but the two themselves individually achieved uh, achieved greatness in this league
2: yeah they did see in my mind I think even though it's a, probably a little bit earlier than usual, I think Mitchell. Has the cachet to be able to say what he wants because he's got the game and it's yeah. clear that he's the franchise player. Go Bears, right there, too. But if you're going to take one guy, you're going to take Mitchell. And so, and you listen to him talk in his post games. And I always like to listen to him because at least when he does those, now they're Zoom, he's saying things that I want to hear. You know, after the Knicks loss, he's saying, well, we got to just do it, man. We get Basically, you know, paraphrasing the, my interpretation of it anyway was you know, we can talk to, we're blue in the face, but now we got to go do it. So I think that he's reached that level of stardom or whatever you want to call it to where if he's got something to say to the team, he ought to say it. Yeah.
1: You know what I, I found, too, in these Zoom conference or Zoom interviews, PK, that, you know, the media is allowed to dial into is that he's never dodged a question. And I do respect the hell out of that in the sense that his age is to just take it, speak the truth and put it out there. And if he has to, he'll put it on himself with no hesitation. You've heard the same. Both of you guys have heard the same thing I have. And I, I find that refreshing because the guy's able to talk about himself and what the team has to do. And maybe that does translate then on into the locker room. But, but you know what your point was to what degree, you know, it does, can you say it or does it have to be a forcible, a forcible type of voice or are the words enough to let the other, the other 11 or 12, 13, 14 guys in that locker room decide how they're going to play. You know, Donovan, Every, every, every leader can only say so much. It basically comes down to the rest of the team on how they're going to approach the game. I, mean, I know Clarkson, you could tell, body language last night, frustrated. And uh, you know the way that he plays on the floor, I think, is, is the way he delivers his message. Uh, and everyone, you know, Stockton was different. He was a quiet assassin, didn't like the media. Malone would speak and, and be the soundbite of the day. Uh, and that's just the two different comparisons, and everybody does, I think, approach the game differently. And the way they lead, right? And uh, I think Donovan is your go-to guy, PK, no question. The way that he handles the media, the way that he even talks about himself, uh, the beauty of Donovan, he doesn't back down from a question, doesn't try to go around the corner. He pretty much takes it straight on and gives you a straight-up answer.
0: All right, let's get to the truly important stuff now. What was up with the uh, with the kilt and Clarkson? What was going on there? You got any <laughs> idea?
1: I have no idea. You know what though? If there's one guy that can pull it off, he can't. PK, you could possibly do the kilt action. I, I just depends on your. Well, I have depth great depth.
2: legs. I mean, one of my better qualities, and I've got a lot of qualities that are outstanding physically. If you get my <laughs> drift, but legs, right there. Legs
1: number, yeah. Yeah. Do you have? Do you have? Who? 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 Uh, you know, when people like uh, what was it? The one lady on uh, the entertainment show uh, that had her legs. Uh, Mary Hart. Mary Hart. Yeah, she had them insured. You don't, you don't have your legs insured.
2: Yeah. It bothers me that DJ knew that he's in a heartbeat. <laughs>
0: I knew where he was going. And the way he delivered it, yeah. hard.
2: You Very knew. Hard. I, did, I had no idea where he was going, but DJ didn't miss a beat. He knew it instantly, yep. yeah. which really makes me a little nervous. <laughs> I always know, like, it thought it was Paul Zahn he had the crush on. Uh, I think he just... He, he Paul, is like on.
0: Paul is on
1: personal, Mary Hart, business. Business, okay. I think he just he likes entertainment shows, PK. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jeez.
0: How many years have I come back to my desk... And that music's been blaring after the 6 o'clock news. Oh, sure. Doesn't mean yeah. you need to watch it. No, I don't. I turn it off, but I still... no. I'm but you knew my, that. I'm on to a game. Well, yeah, I mean, it's on for a couple minutes. The only starts, thing I knew about
2: on. Mary Hart is she sits in a first row of Dodger games. Yeah.
0: No, it was you knew she had her legs insured. That was I, a honestly, big story. Honestly, if I did, I forgot it. That was a huge story.
2: I was um, going Vanna White.
0: Oh. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so on the local scene, you know who wore the kilt? And did it on TV, and did it in his famous stand-up, Rod Decker. <laughs> oh my! Yeah, and it's out there, it's out there on YouTube or somewhere a website. I forgot we
1: it. Rod Decker. Yeah, Decker
0: did. We would never do anything to mm. uh, remove the dignity of local news. That's not. I exactly want parental what he said. control on that one. But there was, a, and it was a, it was a photographer with a handheld walking up to him. And he, we would never do anything, to ruin the dignity of local news, and he's in there in a kilt. It was hilarious. Uh. I believe he was I, making a point.
1: Yeah. I hope he was, always makes wasn't a, a point. It yep. wasn't a windy day. He was indoors. It was indoors. He <laughs> okay, was in the middle that, of the day. I'm resting easier now. That's good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, Well, On to Milwaukee. On At to least Milwaukee. You're, you're better rested. You're better rested this year. Think of all the late night flights and 2.30 uh, a.m. hotel arrivals that you're not dealing with.
1: Yeah, but i got to be honest, it's a totally different game. Oh, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I mean, you know, you're in an arena, jumbotroning, and it doesn't have the same feel, and we're trying to yep. do our best for the fans. And it's hard to explain, but I've got to tip my hat to the technology of what Travis and our, our crew and JB, you guys know them. Uh, they're, it's, it's a wonderment of how they're pulling this off uh, from – thousand miles away
0: but now you got to ad lib on the ad lib because the monster trucks are taking over the arena and i I walked in Uh, i had no idea our engineer was working yesterday and there was stuff set up like, what is going on because it didn't make any sense it's like we're setting all this stuff up like we can't have people in the arena i mean we're very aware of you know like there are both tv and radio there are rules people cannot be in the building so what could possibly be Oh wow! You're you're gonna you're gonna ad lib on the ad lib.
1: I'm hidden away uh, in a special place that I think maybe Well, all of us are in a special place, and we the biggest uh, concern or issue will be: Will you be able to hear the monster trucks rev their engines uh, on on certain, certain moments? But ah, it just know, adds I, to the flavor. Yeah, it does. What <laughs> like, the heck's that? that's the that's the grave digger is, up there you know is the
2: um uh, the analyst because you always show the two screen uh is the analyst there to where you can speak to him is or is it the, he's a w- a ways awake because i would imagine re- that's got to be difficult have, for you we
1: have some remote and some six feet away from me with a crew people ask why the masks well because it's like family we we're, I have a, a lot of people making this happen, and some are in the room and some are out, but we're close in proximity that we wear the masks uh, to protect each other. They protect me, I protect them. I had a lot of questions about that on Twitter, and it's just I haven't had a chance to really uh, address it. But since you brought it up, uh, we're all in close proximity, and so that's the reason why. Even though there is a split screen there, we try to have – you know, spacing, we still have a lot of people in small spaces pulling off this remote broadcast that we're doing. So out of respect um, uh, for even the fans we are in the stands, we're trying to uh, do the best job we can for them as well. And for us, bottom line.
0: Bowler, this has been an incredible appearance by you from Mary Hart's legs to a Gravedigger reference <laughs> you really have touched them all. Hey,
1: I need the levity, man, and uh, it's been a good talk. I'm glad that uh, you were able to remember Mary Hart uh, and bringing talking kilts. I mean, that's a whole other level. <laughs> all right,
0: as long as we don't have to talk turnovers again. Well, we and will, we the will the at some point. part bit. is if
1: you can take us out with a little Tom Petty, man. Yeah! It, it make my day.
2: Well, this is for the Jazz going to Milwaukee. Now I won't back down. No, I won't back down. You can stand me up at the gates of hell, but I won't back
1: down. <laughs> Man, incredible! Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about right there.
0: I got the phone. I'm waving, PK. I'm ready for the encore.
1: Yeah,
2: hey, I got my baby. <laughs> there ain't no easy way out.
0: <laughs>
1: Pretty good. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. All Got right, like Bowler. All right, guys. Be good. Talk soon.
0: Craig Bowler, Jack, uh, Jack TV Voice of the Utah Jazz, Join us right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.